Welcome to the LaughSpin.com podcast. Hey guys, what's up? It's Dylan Godino from LaughSpin.com and welcome to another episode of the LaughSpin podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. I really do appreciate it. This episode is my interview with comedian Jason Nash. I sat down with him when he was visiting Manhattan. We sat out on this uh, beautiful deck in a Manhattan apartment on the Upper West Side. I felt like I sort of had money for a day. It was nice. It was really nice. But even nicer than that was uh, taking some time to uh, catch up with Jason Nash, who I've been following online. I'm sure you guys have as well. He's a big deal on Vine these days. Always been following him on, on the Twitter and other social media outlets. But the big news for Jason is he has a movie that he it's his i mean he directed it he wrote it he stars in it opposite of busy phillips it's called jason nash is married it's going to be available to watch june 24th on comedy central's website it'll also have uh, an airing on comedy central itself and it'll be available on dvd and all that good stuff so uh what did we talk about well we talked about the movie of course but we talked about a lot of other things and uh my fear and i expressed this fear with jason after we recorded is that it's uh, i don't know we we got off track i probably said a bunch of shit that i uh, will regret saying jason said he was cool with it i hope you guys are cool with it uh it's not i mean now i'm talking about it like uh, like i just admitted like i murdered people but that, that's not the case the point is is the interview's kind of all over the place i felt like it was a real conversation that we captured hopefully you enjoy it and uh even if you don't enjoy it go see jason's movie i saw it it's it's very good it's got a million people in it paul f tompkins is in it andy daly is in it busy phillips is in it jason's wife but i mean there's a Patton oswalt is in it there's just so many jerry minor there's just so many great comedy oh my god uh, john benjamin i keep on thinking of, of other people while i'm talking there's a great scene with John Benjamin, Jason Nash, Andy Richter, and uh, Andy's wife. Just a very awesome scene. Anyway, here's my interview with Jason Nash. Hope you enjoy it. I should set the scene here. We're on the Upper West Side of New York City on a deck on a very, for Manhattan, this is a gigantic deck. Yeah. And if any of the neighbors are looking out, they could certainly see us. And so that, that makes it even more arrogant. They're like, why are those two assholes talking to each other through microphones? <laughs> <laughs> you ever see any hall you want to know something what? i'm gonna get yelled at but no okay well there's just like a great scene in any hall where he's like you've got to get out of this apartment you know it's tiny it's a rat trap <laughs> and then they go out to a deck exactly like this really beautiful deck and my wife and i were watching it a couple months ago and we're like that's a five thousand dollar apartment yep. now you know like and i uh, just wrote this deck reminds me of that scene and you know, it reminds me of how bad my Woody Allen is. <laughs> that wasn't so bad. Yeah, it's terrible. Don't be so hard on yourself. Uh, it's it's that good. So Dylan, tell yeah, me about yeah. yourself. Uh, oh wow! Welcome this... to the Jason Nash Show, and we want to hear all about you today. Wow! I'm talked out. That's super boring. No, it's not. You want to you want to hear about me? That's yeah. Real quick, give me a quick all right. primer. You're let's see. Uh, I'm 36. Okay. I'm married. Okay. 
for about nine years. Okay. I have two boys. Yeah. Five and just about three. I've been covering comedy for nine years. You love it? It's okay. <laughs> you sound like Mark Marin. <laughs> you're, the, you're, you're what Mark Marin is to comedy that you are to criticism. The same with anything. You start something because you're passionate about it and you love something and you hope that it becomes your life. And then it does. Right. And then you're like, well, this is work. Now this is right. work. Right. And now you get, you get to the point where you have to find something else that makes you feel less dead inside. <laughs> and welcome to the show. <laughs> yeah, I, I hear you. You asked, Jason. No, I want, I want trying, to know. I'm trying to be honest. I here. want to know the real, you know, a guy ran into me and a guy ran into me in Target the other day and he was so happy to see me and he didn't know who he was. Like we were old friends and I had like, he's like, how are you, Jason? You know, and I was like, how's things? And he's like, really good. Really. You, wait, you you were old friends with him, but you didn't, I didn't know who he was? Him. Wow. And he's like, really, really good. Really, really good. And you know, when someone says that, you're like, oh, how good can it be? Like, you know, George Clooney doesn't say really, really, really good. <laughs> and I'm like, what's he doing? He must be doing something amazing, this person I don't know. And he's like, he's like I'm, I'm, uh, I'm doing a candle delivery company with my brother. And I was like, okay, so I'm not that good, <laughs> you know, and like, who needs candles? You know, who needs candles delivered, right. you know? And he goes, um, so he asked me what I'm doing and, and I'm just like so depressed and I'm just like, well, you know, life is shit, you know, whatever. And <laughs> I'm like, no, and I'm backpedaling. Life is not shit. You know, I, I just don't see the point in anything. And, and then he like starts to, I've like cracked him. Like I've brought him down now. Yeah. And then he goes on to admit that the company didn't work out and his brother went back to law school and like so he was like fronting the point of the story was that like now I'm interested right you know what I mean that's how fucked up I am like so when you were just saying that I was like yeah, yeah. I, you were well, apologizing but I, that's what I want to hear I want to hear the real yeah I mean the, it turns out the guy didn't know me by the way oh really was the wrong person yeah stop no I swear it was so but he knew your name it was it was, it was the same it was name different Jason who looked exactly like you? Yeah. This guy doesn't sound so tightly wound. I don't know who he was. He was crazy. It was the weirdest. I had the weirdest thing happen to me the other day. I wrote this story about my friend who I hadn't seen in like so long. And he's like this really great friend who like I, when I moved to middle school, I had no friends and I was fat. And I used to eat lunch alone. And then he like devised this plan to let me sit at the table with all the kids. Okay. All the, all the kids in school. Were like these cool them. kids or were these just these were the, average, these were the acceptable cool, these kids? These were the cool kids. Oh, okay. Which was crazy for me to go jump four tables. Right. You know, crazy. And, he, and this kid was not like the most popular kid. He just didn't give a fuck. His name was Josh Kell. And it worked. And I like, I suddenly had friends and I had a good eighth grade. So I wrote that story about him. And then I, the next day I was on the, at the beach and he, the guy just came up to me and he goes... Uh, Nash Nash and I'm like yeah and I didn't know him at all and he just fucking took off his glasses and he goes it's Josh Kell and I was like this just happened too and I was like I was I hadn't seen him in 20 years and it was just so weird isn't it weird when stuff like that happens like yeah you're just like I don't know like my, that, that other thing in Target was like just weird stuff has been happening lately I think maybe because I've just been around so long that stuff's <laughs> coming around you know like I've just li been living life for so long 
How long have you been living life? 40 years. So you're 40 on the dot. Yeah. It's crazy. What do I have to look forward to the next four years? Oh, it's all downhill. Did you freak out when you turned 40? Sort of. I went the other way. I like went on the attack. Okay. You know, like I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that and I'm going to go to Vegas and I'm going to... Uh, I'm going to do what I want to do with my life and I'm going to make a movie and I'm going to, you know, and, and, you know, a lot of it is like lying to yourself. Sure. Um, I got in shape. I started a vitamin program and that would be the one thing I would say to people that are getting older. Like you have to just work even harder, you know, like don't let it. That's, I just knew if I didn't, I would just go in the dumper. Yeah. You know? Just spiral. Yeah. I would really spiral. A lot of people are content to like sit around with the kids, you know, watch the game. Right. And I'm not like that. I, that sounds like hell to me. Yeah. You know, and that's why you do this, I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, I, d- I definitely don't like to sit around because we rescheduled this. It was supposed to happen earlier today. Yeah. And then after we re- rescheduled... I sat in my house and I'm like, fuck, what do I do now? And I felt so like, but I I figured it out. I went to the gym. I did a few emails. What'd you do at the gym? I've just been doing the elliptical. Good. I'm in a, no, I'm in a, um, I'm in a shitty place as far as that goes. I need to lose like, you look fat, 15, 20. Well, you got to get your heart rate up. Yeah. Oh, I know. The elliptical's uh, not your friend. Yeah gotta get the heart rate up and then get and then stop right and then get it up again you lose weight that's how you lose weight i know i was uh go to the point we're gonna die a few right that's that's right a few years ago i worked with a trainer and he was amazing and i was in the best shape of my life yeah and you know i maintained for a little bit for a year or so but if you could afford one training session a month or two training sessions a month yeah you can you can really the next day you go by yourself, you can remember what he had you do. Right. And you can really make some damage and not spend too much money. You yeah. really can change. Eventually, that's exactly what we did. Like, I was doing, like, three days a week with him. Uh-huh. And then eventually, we kind of went to two and then one. And, yeah. And I just reaffirm that I'm just terrible on my own. I yeah. need... I need constant supervision. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, of course, the, what I'm saying, and this is the reason why I'm a terrible comedian and a terrible stand-up, because I, you know, I think I am somebody that wants to be in shape, whereas I think the mindset of most comedians, and believe me, I go up and down, like I lost 20 pounds, but I, I could gain it back in a second, and maybe I'll be fat in December. Right. But I am someone who, like, I know that most comedians, that's sort of their thing, that they're there's a wealth of material there when you're overweight and right. most comedians are sloth like and <laughs> but I'm not that way and I, I sometimes think that that holds you back it holds me back yeah I could be a lot funnier if I was more sloth like and not so proactive and you know I think I think a lot of comedians they do that thing where they're like I don't get up till three right you know and then I roll to the show I work 15 minutes you know I work <laughs> I work an hour a day you ever hear the comic do that oh yeah and I'm always like, yeah, yeah, but you're pretty, you're pretty successful. I think that's sort of a lie, you know? I, my guess is you're pretty calculated in everything you do. And it's also like when someone, I see this a lot too, someone gets on stage and they talk about like how overweight they are and how unhealthy they are and the crowd loves it. And 
the crowd's just so happy to hear it. And yeah. to me, it's like, well, you're you're cheering someone who's not being good to their body at all. Like, why yeah. are we why are we cheering because, this? Because people find comfort in that. They do find comfort in that. I know, and I don't. Yeah, people definitely find comfort in that. They don't want to hear someone talk about how you know healthy they are and imagine that was my bit <laughs> so anyways woke up got my percent body fat down to six percent i don't know what the rest of you guys are doing <laughs> i should do that as a bit just go on stage and make everybody feel bad that could be maybe funny i don't know john viner is like a writer for family guy yeah and he grew up like a billionaire and his, I didn't grow up rich, but I found this to be the best bit. He just would talk about his driver and his maid, <laughs> and he would just bitch about them and how bad they were and how, you know, it's so awesome. And he would get laughs? Yeah. I thought it was the funniest thing I ever saw. To me, that was like, oh, yes. And, and, I, and he did get laughs. He did really yeah. well. I never saw him bomb or anything. Right. I mean, but also didn't see him like, you know. With a, at a, I didn't see him at like a big comedy club like doing an hour or like headlining so right, maybe right. it would be different so okay you're 40 you were ma- how long have you been married 10 years okay yeah I got two kids 8 and 5 boys girls boy and a girl they're super cute they're sent from God and they're sent from heaven they are <laughs> cher- cherub like absolutely perfect and they ruined my life <laughs> you know they, they didn't ruin my life I love them and uh, but I'm just, I'm still working, you know, yeah. and, and, and like, and everybody is, I'm no different than everybody else. I know that, but I just didn't. And that's sort of what the movie is about. Like, you know, everybody wants to find love and, and I do too, but it's like, it's just sort of about like when you find love before you find yourself, right? you know, which I watched it last night. Yeah. So, so we can talk specifics. Okay, here. cool. All right. So eight, eight and what? Five. Yeah. All right. So those are, those are good ages. And, um, what is, does your wife work? She does. Okay. Yeah. She works in TV, which is like, it's a real up and down business now. It used to be a lot easier. Yeah. And now there's just, it's harder to get stuff going and stuff to stay, to stick. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's very fickle. There's, I feel like there's more, and I'm talking about this as an outsider. I'm not TV executive or anything, obviously. No, but you cover it. I mean, you see it. Yeah, it seems like more is being green-lighted, but at the same time, it's very it's very fickle. Like, if you get something on Comedy Central for two seasons, that's that's an amazing feat. Yeah. Yeah, that's... I mean, Parks and Rec is gone? No. Yeah, guy, it's done. No, one more season. Oh, it has one more season? Yeah. Okay, but it's just, to me, it just feels that, like, shows like that I guess it has one more season. So I guess that show did well. It, it was on for a while. But I mean, just, yeah. I mean, we're talking seven seasons. Or so eight. many shows, but it was always on the bubble. Always. You know, it's always. like, that's a great show. And yeah. so many things where you're like, my wife had a great show for FX called Terriers. Oh, yeah. No one watched it. I had a friend. His name is John. He used to write for the site. Loved that show. It was a great show. It was devastated. When it, was, when it, yeah, I, I, I remember it. I remember him being all pissed off. Yeah. How could they take this off? Yeah. Like, I don't know. I, I hadn't, I didn't, I never watched it, but he talked to, he's, he would, he would talk to you about it, even though you've, you've, you know, have not watched the show, but he was a fan of it. He was. Yeah. Okay. I'll let her know. It's, you know, it's, it's tough. Yeah. So anyway, so yeah, that was sort of what it was born out of. Just kind of like not being anywhere and feeling like, you know, 
you're a piece of shit. And I had like a one man show about it, had a couple of them. Then I had like a, couple, a script I wrote for CBS about it and it didn't go anywhere. They, they picked shit my dad says over my script. That's what they told me. They're like, if we didn't have shit my dad says, we would do it. And we know how that worked out. We know how that worked out. And, um, <laughs> and so, you know, you know, it was just, that's, it's just feeling so shitty about yourself. Yeah. You know? So how did the Comedy Central, this, now the movie we're talking about is Jason is Married. Jason Nash is Married. Jason, a- J- Jason Nash is Married. Yeah. Coming out through Comedy Central's digital studios. That's and, right. And this is the first, they've been doing... Uh, they've been doing like basically television series just for the web, but this is the first full length feature yeah. they're doing. Yeah. So tell me about that process and how that came about. They had, they had given me some money to make shorts and I had already made some shorts and it just kind of got me nowhere. And I was like, I just want to make a movie. I don't want to make shorts. Right. And then as I started writing, I was like, I, I can make a movie here, you know? And it was such a low amount of money that people, they just forgot about me. Uh-huh. And um, they, there was, people got fired and new people got the job. And, um, and I was just left alone to, to make something. And, and that, you know, uh, and I made it. I just made it. And it was done. And then when it was done. So wait, the money, the money you had to make the shorts you used to make the movie. Yeah. And did you have to get that okayed or you just did it no I just did it because <laughs> I was it's just born out of such frustration Dylan like just thing after thing and going in and being like I, it's this idea that da, da, it's the same idea I would pitch it over and over again and sometimes I would sell it and then it just would never go anywhere and I was like I know this is a good idea I know this is what I want to do and I don't care what anyone and so I just you know and I knew I knew I was the kind of person that you know, it, when someone tells me something's bad, I actually listen. Right. And so I just knew, I was like, I can't, I don't read comments on the internet. So it gets in my head. So I just knew that I had to just do what I thought was good. And that was it. And hearing, like watching Louie and hearing that story about FX. Yeah. And he was like, I'll do it my way. And you can't give me any notes or I won't do it. Right. And I really, really, really took that to heart and like learned so much from him I don't even know him yeah and you know and, and he's like my hero but um I just think that that's the smartest way to work um because why 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 are your notes important I everything gets canceled why, why is someone's outside I just don't you know yeah cause I I'm someone who sees and I'm sure you feel this way too like isn't like 90% of what you see terrible? Not 90, then. How, how, how much? I mean, even, Dylan, even really, really good shows, yeah. the comedies, I don't watch them. Yeah, there's just no time. Well, yeah, it's not that. Is that even the, even the really good ones aren't that great? Is to that me, what you're saying? I mean, the most popular shows, I mean, we, you talked about Parks and Rec. I mean, basically, the the best written shows, the, the most original, the most unique, the, the best overall shows are always on the bubble. Yeah. Because they don't appeal to, you know, a mass, a mass audience. Yeah. You know, that's why, you know, and I'm not, you know, I'm not knocking any shows, but like Big Bang Theory and Modern Family, I, you know, they appeal to a lot of people. 
and Parks and Rec is very quirky. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, I mean, I don't want to crap on any shows, but there are certain shows that like, I, I can't sit through them. Yeah. I watch, this is what I can sit through and I like Family Guy, mm-hmm. Simpsons, Silicon Valley, Game of Thrones, Mad Men. That's it. Yeah. Breaking right. Bad. <laughs> when it was on. What? Which show? Breaking, you never heard, oh, Breaking of, Bra- Bad. Never heard of Breaking Bad? Yeah, I just couldn't hear you. <laughs> um, I have heard of Breaking Bad. Such a good show. Gosh. So how, so there's a lot of the, the, the show is, I mean, the movie is basically framed by you doing a podcast. You're, you're sort of telling the story of your marriage and we bump into a lot of, there's a ton of very familiar faces in this flick. Yeah. Now, do you do you know all those all those guys and gals personally, or did you have to call in some favors, or how, how did you get all those people? Some of them, I just I would just cold call them. Busy, I just like I had a friend that knew her. Got it. And um, I couldn't believe she said yes. I was like, okay, because I knew I knew no one would want to watch me. Right. No one knows me, and right. no one would want to watch like me and my friends. Right. You know, like because that was the option. Like, I guess I could make it with Jeff, who's not an actor. <laughs> you know, Jeff's my best friend, this guy Jeff. Right. But like, I knew that I'd seen so many people make movies where no one was in it, and they just they were good, but it didn't go anywhere. Right. And no one ever saw it. So I was like, I gotta try to get. That's the only way that I'll be valuable is if I surround myself with way better people. <laughs> yeah i mean yeah. there's uh there's a lot of there's a lot of paul f Tompkins is in it and mary lynn rice cub is in it and Patton has a brief has a yeah. brief moment yeah Patton had a lot of stuff but it you know it was done a lot of it was done as shorts at first oh really so it has a short feeling so the podcast element was just a way to stitch those all together so that came later and Patton was just like I love Patton Oswalt. I'm like, fuck, I mean, yeah. I could watch him read the phone book, as people yeah. say. You know what I mean? And so I was just like, oh, can you please come? And, you know, I wrote this article, and I don't know if I'm going to publish it or not, because it it's kind of douchey, but um, it was just like the 10 things that you would that I did that I would like try to pass on to people to try to do the same thing, to try to, you know, how to make this, how to make a movie for no money. Right. A, a, a comedy. Why is it douchey? Well, because I don't think I'm there yet. I don't think I'm like, I don't think I, 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 I'm not sure I'm in the position to be telling people how to do something. I'm not sure. I'm not positive that the movie is that good for me to be saying. <laughs> Although the reactions have been really good to the movie so far. Really good. Um, so I don't know. But you were, I mean, you were still compelled to write the article though so you must I was. deep down you I was. must you I, must be confident I want, enough I wanted to say like like some of the things that I wrote were like um, cause also when I read it I'm like well maybe people already know this you know like one of the things that I did that I thought was you know that we learned was like there's just no like t- you don't have money so like time is everything time is your most valuable thing yeah so it's always about time it's everything is about time it's like 
make it painless, like make it so Patton shows up. Right. And he's in his car before he even, his head is spun around right. when he leaves. So when he leaves, he's like, that's it? Right. Like, that's it. We're done. So he's like, oh, because Patton Oswalt yeah. has a, his own thing that he's, you know, he's working a major, major career. And just time, just like, you know, the other thing is like, I, I, I like, you have to like create a vibe. Like, like I've been on film sets. They're the worst when people are like, yeah, we got to go. You like work all day and they're like, now we got to do nighttime in Griffith Park and they move over and you're out in the cold and it's midnight. Like, we got to get it. People are stupid about that. Like, no one wants to go to Griffith Park at midnight. You know, like, so one of the things I wrote was like, uh, and it goes against time a little bit, but start late. I mean, uh, don't start early and don't work late. Like, start at 12, end at 4. You know, and, and I just thought that, oh, that was why I wrote it. Because I thought I had some good... I'll let you read it. You, yeah, I would love you to read it and see what you thought. I'll read it. I know how to read. You do know how to read, right? I do. Right. I do. I could do that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this is, so this is coming out. Uh, people will be able to view this flick on Comedy Central's website, correct? Yeah, you can get it on iTunes. Oh, okay. You get it on iTunes, Amazon, Xbox, I think like Time Warner, and you, you buy it, and then it'll be on the network in September. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. that's great. That's great. Yeah. Uh, They've been really great. I couldn't even believe how great Comedy Central's been. Yeah? Ah, great. And also, like, when they said they were going to do it, I was kind of like, okay, I wanted to do, like, festivals and stuff. No, it's way better to, like, they, they have so much power behind them. Yeah. You know, like... And it's just a brand that people know and trust. Yeah. And also, this is the greatest, Comedy Central's having its greatest time ever, right now. All those shows that they're doing are so good. Carl Show, I, it might be my favorite sketch show of all time. And, and, and Nathan Fielder, and even the ones that fail. Brody Show, not that it was a failure, but I don't right. know if he's having a second season. I thought Brody Show was brilliant. Yeah. I, I just, I was so blown away by that show. Yeah, they're doing a lot of good work. And I think they're doing so much good work in part because they need to. There's so many other networks yeah. doing things. Yeah. Um, Hats off to those guys that work there. Kent Alterman and Gary Mann and Allison Kingsley and Eric Abrams and Jim Sharp. Like this guy Dave Bernath in New York. Um, and that said, I spent a good, the movie was done for a good eight months where no one called me. And where I was like in no man's, no man's land. And I would send the movie to people and they wouldn't even respond. So you like, would send them to people, meaning who? What people? Not Comedy Central? Yeah, just anyone to, anyone to distribute it. Okay. All right. So, tell, okay. so you, Comedy Central gave you money to do a bunch of shorts. You decided on your own you were going to do the movie. Yeah. Didn't tell Comedy Central. Then you completed the movie and you were allowed to shop it elsewhere? Yeah. I'm so confused. It, it, was just, it was just such a little amount of money. It just got into this gray area of like, do you know That what I you mean? had total like creative would, control? Yeah. Because the people that had given me the money were gone. Oh. And it was just forgotten. Oh. And it was such a little amount of money that I was like, if they come after me, I'll pay the money back. 
Yeah, but they could come at. What if it? What if you sold it someplace else? It blows up. They're not going to come after you for, for the production budget. It's not going to blow up. It's a little. It's a little indie film. Do you know what I mean? It's just not. It's. I know it's not. It's, Did you ever hear of a movie called My Big Fat Greek Wedding? <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, I guess I would have had to given them. That'd be fine. I would give them what they want. And then I, I mean, all I wanted to do was get my name out there and make another movie. That's it. Right. So I didn't care. So you were shopping it around for eight months, and then what finally compelled Comedy Central to this to ma- pay you attention again? My manager called me <laughs> like just one day when I was so depressed and. He was like, my manager's Australian, and I do a horrible Australian accent, but I will attempt it. He's like, you're like, hey, like, um, you ever hear this guy Dave Beneath in um, New York? And I'm like, no, I don't know who that is. <laughs> yeah, well, he's like a really big guy in New York. And uh, <laughs> and my manager's like, yeah, like, I guess he, like, found your movie. It was, like, lying around. Because, like, you know, I was sending it out and being like, somebody... And that worked. And he's like, yeah, he like loved it. He like thought you were like the West Coast Woody Allen. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, oh, God. And then it all happened because one guy. And he was at Comedy Central. Yeah, he was okay. in New York. Okay. And then he brought, I, went, I went to New York and I met with him and he was like, ah, we're doing it. I was like, oh, my God. I couldn't believe it. Because it was, it was odd because they don't do movies. Right. Nice. I find it, I find it so, I find the, the inner workings fascinating because I'm not usually privy to that process. I'm always looking at finished products and I figure things are going smoothly and things are easier than, than what they really are. You think you do, you think that, that things just, I think things are hard for everybody. Yeah. You know, and I, and I'm sure that. I don't work on the level of the big comedy guys, but I, I wonder. I mean, maybe things are easy for Adam Sandler and Seth Rogen, but probably not. They test too, so they know the answer. They test those movies. Yeah, my friend has a movie he did with Seth Rogen and James Franco, and it's like it's about a North Korean dictator. Oh yes, yes. And they just said like it tested through the roof, and so they just know they know it's going to be a hit already, and it's not out yet. It'll be out in the summer, and it'll be. You just already know. You know. It's so weird. <laughs> and you already know that first weekend, and you already know what it's going to do, and right? Like, once the first weekend comes out. Like, I never understood that for many years. I was like, well, how do they know? And like, well, they just know. They know if it's... When they do the box office yeah. estimates. Yeah, I'm like, it did, it did 30, it did, you know, 60 million. That's going to prove great internationally. <laughs> they just know. It's so weird, right? I can't believe how smart people are. <laughs> So you're uh, you, you're also doing. I mentioned of the other networks that are competing against Comedy Central. I mean, all these you know TBS, uh, FX, IFC. Yeah. All these all these networks are just so into comedy now. Uh, you're part of that that TBS show that yeah. Marlon Wayans is doing. Yeah. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Because yeah. I know it's a competition, but I'm not yeah. exactly sure how so, it's a competition. So somebody called me in uh, like a Vine agent. There's a big thing now. There's all social media. There's agents. Vine. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's just this huge thing that's sprung up. And I have like eight Vine agents, different companies. They're, they're, so it would be like if you were with like CAA, William Morris, Gersh, 
Right. Right. You, no one signs with anyone. They just kind of let somebody find you work and you're a free agent. Right. So this guy calls me and he's like, hey, you want to be on TBS's Funniest Wins? And I was like, uh, no, I don't know. No, probably not, you know. And then I said no, and I said no, and I said no, and then like it was like a Wednesday night, and I was supposed to be there, and I had said no, and I was like performing to like twenty people, and I was like, oh, what am I doing? Like I, I, I just thought because my friends were like, you shouldn't do it, you know, you're not, you're, you have a movie coming out, so why would you do a reality show? And I just wasn't, I just thought, oh, I gotta get my name out there, yeah, you know, and um, so I did it, and it was really, really hard, and I was really naive about it, like. Because on a, I don't watch competition shows, but the big thing about, again, going back to time is you have to create stuff in an hour. Right. You have half an hour. You have an hour to make a vine. You have two hours to write a sketch. And I don't work like that. You know, like my movie takes two years, you know. And so that was really hard. I also like my sensibility is not Marlon's sensibility. Yeah. So every time there would be like a mentor session they have these mentor sessions you would like okay so what are you going to do Jason you know like okay guys Marlon's going to come in you're going to tell him what you're going to do <laughs> you know and you're like okay alright and then he would come in and I'd pitch the idea and he would just have this blank look on his face like we're just completely different <laughs> and that said I really learned a lot from him and yeah. respect him like he really knows like the science of comedy yeah. and, and you know whatever you want to say about what he does he's he is a bankable dude and he knows what the masses like. Yep. And he works it until he finds what the masses like. And I, I wish I was like that. You know, I'm trying. But I wouldn't say, you know, I, I, I'm anywhere near. Like, I, it was like being next to Michael Jordan, you know, <laughs> in a way, you know. And uh, it, it was... Uh, it was just... They, 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 they you know, you, you don't have sleep. And you're, like, really tired. And there's nowhere to rest. And... They, they pull you, oh God, they like pull you in for interviews and they're like... Wait, okay, hold on. So what, in generally, what is the, what is the format of the show? Oh, because sorry. this sounds super, it sounds actually very interesting. It's, it's, you know, Last Comic Standing? I sure do. It's just like that, but all forms of comedy. Okay. Not just stand-up. It's stand-up, sketch, social media, roasts, um, name some more art forms of comedy, digital short. Right. Uh... Uh, crowd work okay um musical parody all right um so you have to do all these things in and out and you don't know what it's gonna be so you show up at like 10 a.m and marlon's like you know today you guys know weird al yankovic <laughs> like, yeah or pranks right okay. today we're going you know we're doing pranks and and uh Listen, the production, they were really, they, they did a really good job producing it, but it was hell to be on the show. Wow. It was hell. And, and it's, a, it's very like producers put their arm around you and they're like, hey man, I want you to know that we're friends here, you know? And, and you have that feeling like, oh, they're going to make me look awful, you know? <laughs> and, and you're so deprived of sleep and, and you're so beaten down by Why the- Why are you deprived by sleep? Is there some sort of... You're just there. You're there for 14 hours. Okay. And then you go home and you sleep. I thought maybe they were making you sleep there. Like that was no, a, com- a I mean, component No, you go to the hotel of- and sleep. But okay. you know, you're up the next day with a new challenge. And then it's like such an emotional roller coaster because like you get on stage and they're like, you know, say it's me and you. You know, like, Dylan, what happened? You did a terrible job <laughs> during the prank. 
<laughs> Jason, you also did a terrible job during the prank. <laughs> and then they're like, Dylan, step forward. You know, they're like, Jason, step forward. You are safe. <laughs> you know, and then they're like, Dylan, you're going home. And then when you go home, you, when you go home, you've got to, then you've got to go talk about why you failed. And you're in this bubble, like, and so you finally get beaten down to the point where you're like, oh, I, I have no idea what funny is and I'm not funny. And in this world, I'm not funny. I mean, I know I'm funny outside. Right. You know, and you're not, it was also like, there's a lot of black comedy on the show. Mm-hmm. And, and I got, I got like spooked by that. Like, because I wasn't, I felt like that's what Marlon wanted and that's what the audience wanted. So when it would come time for me to do my thing, I was like, I'm not going to, I can't beat Ratchet Girl. Like, I know she's going to do Ratchet Girl. I know she's going to do Barbershop Girl, you know, the uh, hair salon girl. Right. It, it kills, it crushes. Hey, hey, hey. You know, <laughs> and it, you, know, you know they're going to, like, like, the location is Barbershop. Like, okay, it's, the location is hair salon. Like, that's all I knew. I'm like, oh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to destroy. <laughs> well, whatever. I'm done. Yeah, I'm done. I'm done because I got hospital bed, you know? <laughs> so um, I got, you know, I got hospital room. So that was just, you know, but I'm glad I did it. And, um, and I was really grateful for the opportunity. And I hope people see me on there and find out that, you know, I have a movie and maybe they'll buy it. Maybe they'll just go watch it on Comedy Central or something. Yeah. I mean, isn't that where we're at? Where it's like you've just got to get out there because there's so much. Yeah. That's why I was surprised. <clears throat> I mean, again, I'm, I'm sort of an outsider and a professional observer. When you were offered the show and you at first were kind of uh, reticent, uh, you didn't, you know, you didn't want to, you didn't want to do it at first. I mean, I'm thinking, what is he crazy? It's TV. Just, just do it. Yeah. Yeah. But like, what do I know? I don't know. I, I mean, if somebody offered me something now that would benefit me well there's a certain kind of thing too I think there's a certain kind of snobbery or arrogance or there's a certain way you can play things with your career to cultivate your career and your image and you know I unfortunately I don't think I have that luxury I'm 40 years old and yeah if I was like 25 and I had a movie coming out I'd be like oh no 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 right right I'm going to make movies and right. I'm going to, and I'm not there, you know? And so I just don't feel like I have that luxury. And, um, and that's why I did it. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I would, I would have done it. I, if even if I was 25, I was, I'd never had that, uh, cockiness or that, I don't know. No, self, I wouldn't either. Self-confidence to be like, yeah, no, I have a small part in a movie. Why do I need that? I would just, right. <laughs> do everything and you're right in this in this day and age you just have to you have to be uh, you know in as many places and formats as possible because you know the people watching TBS are going to be the, not the same people probably you know watching your Vine videos or you know following you on Twitter I mean I assume there's a large TBS audience that they watch TV like that's their that's their thing yeah so and I know they wanted me to do it because I fit the age and the demo. Okay. White guy, 40. That's who watches TBS. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm pretty sure. Um, and, but the Vine thing is weird because those people are all 12. Yeah. And those people aren't going to want to watch a movie about a couple getting separated. Right. So now I'm on Vine like trying to 
move those, you know, they call it conversion, which is, can you, can you take all your fans and move them over to another platform? Right. And, you know, it's impossible. And it, it's impossible to convert anywhere. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's tough. I mean, a small percentage, maybe. Maybe. I mean, how many Vine followers you have? You have... A lot. I don't like to talk about that. Oh, come on. I don't like to give numbers. It's so gauche. Please. Hey, people can go on Vine let and them, see. Let them go see it. But Ugh. it's so gauche because some people will think that number's a lot and some people will think that number's a little and it is what it is. Don't look. Dylan, you can look later. No, because it's going to change the conversation. Please don't look. <laughs> he's, now he's mad at me. Now he has like such a stern look. I'm getting the real Dylan now. Like Dylan that's tired of doing, writing, uh, running a comedy website. No, no, no. I'm not tired of, of comedy. I don't Are you making give... money off this website? Oh, okay. So I can't look up your fucking <laughs> Vine followers, <laughs> but you could ask me but I'm how not, I'm doing financially. But I'm asking you, I'm asking you that because I want to help you. Because I want to like, I'm, I truly, truly ask that from a place of like, oh, maybe I can help him. Because I just, I, I, I might know, maybe there's a way that we can I need you. I need someone to bankroll the site so it could blow up. Like a real fancy site. Into something millions of people look at every month. Maybe it's, you need to expand it from just comedy. Yeah. That's, like, a, like a deadline. Yeah. Is that what you're thinking? Yeah, that's. I have a lot of ideas. I just can't execute any of them because With no cash. Yeah, I know. It's tough. <laughs> it's like I'm. It's like I'm a comedian with no jokes. <laughs> I'm in the same boat. Yeah. Um. You need. You need cash, and I don't have friends and family with cash. Right. They say venture capital isn't always the answer. You know, you should raise your first round through friends and family i'm like that's great oh yeah you get that advice all the time from people in business i'm like that is great what if your dad is a retired mailman and your mom is a retired nurse and you are first generation college educated and everybody you know has not gone to college or is you are like the most successful person in your family (laughs) right like, I don't have, like, I can't go to, like, an uncle or a, a mom. I, I can't believe we're talking about this. This is... Well, this is good. This, this is, is what ridiculous. I would talk about on my podcast. So, yeah. This is what people want to hear, you know. Yeah. They really want to hear you and what you're dealing with. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what I'm dealing with. I have a good brand. A real good brand. I have a good following. Good, real good following. Your buddies in LA know the site? Oh, they, yeah. You know what really helps is wh- your, your Facebook stuff. Yeah? Yeah. You got you always keep that up because I, I wouldn't necessarily remember yeah. to go to the site, but when I see just like a two-line thing, yeah. I'm like... Yeah, Facebook is always our... It's always our number two uh, referral. You have analytics and stuff? Traffic, yeah. That's good. Our number one referral traffic comes from, oddly enough, Pinterest. Because what? we have uh, nearly 3 million Pinterest followers. Really? For some reason. How did that happen? I don't know. That's really good. Yeah, it's amazing. Well, I know how you can make money off that. Ads? We make a little bit of money off of that. Not just ads. I'll tell you after. Okay. Um, so that's... How did, we, how did we devolve into... 
because it's more it's a more interesting conversation than my movie and me and me and me I mean you know what I mean it's a you know it's just a little movie and yeah. I hope people buy it that's it well that's my deal then that's you know um, are you crying am I crying no I <laughs> I can probably I'm only kidding I think I, I haven't I haven't cried in I haven't years. cried in a while oh, I cry I, all the time I love a good cry I cry at least two three are times are you on any antidepressants yeah what do you want Lamictal never heard of that it's great I can't cry I'm on Zoloft I can't oh really I, I can't cry really that's so crazy something really awful has to happen that's so crazy you know what I tear up during like certain um, movies and television shows like if something emotional is happening sure I do too but like no matter how depressed I get I don't cry well that might just because you're you're a man and no most men don't oh cry. no I'm not no, no, I'm no, always no. impressed with guys that like feel nothing, because I feel everything. I'm always like, look at you! You've done such, you're doing such a good job, not feeling anything and not absorbing all the awfulness of the world. But I think, yeah, but it's the drugs, though. You think so? Yeah. Okay. Because every once in a while, and Patton actually has a bit about this, right? Uh, where he like will go off his Prozac, yeah, you know, for whatever reason, and then. Uh, you know, you'll run out of prescription and you don't want to call and you're like, yeah, it doesn't do anything anyway. Right. And then you're off it for like two, three, four days and you're like super depressed and you're like, why am I so depressed? And then you realize the drugs actually do do something. Um, the one I'm on is great, but if you go off it, you, people commit suicide. Yeah. I used to be on something <laughs> like that, like a Cymbalta where... Yeah, if you you have to, le it's a huge process to get off of it. Mm -hmm. So I'm on something like Prozac, it's Zoloft, that if you miss a few days, it's still in your system. You're not gonna. But yeah, I've gone through that on other stuff where nobody fucking told me that if you miss a day, oh yeah, you'll go fucking nuts. Oh no way. So I was having like no brain. I was having brain zaps. I'm like, I don't know how to explain the way I'm feeling. It's it feels like people are like fighting. Like physically fighting in my head. I had that. Do you have a thing where if two people are talking at the same time, you get mad, you go mad, maddening, like a maddening feeling? Like if my kids, my kids talk to me at the same time, I get like crazed. No. no I have that. I mean, I think that sounds like a normal yeah. parent Maybe. thing. Like my head pounds if I have more than one stream of um, information yeah. coming at me. That's on the meds? Yeah, the, I was really bad in December, and then I got on the meds in January, and I was, like, hesitant to take it, and they said it would take two weeks, and the minute I took it... Yep. Yeah, you too? No, 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 I just did different, yeah. Three minutes later, I was like... Really? Yeah, and it was like, it was how I've wanted to feel my entire life. Like, I always, I always was friends with potheads. Yeah. Real mellow dudes. Like... Hey Nash, like guys that were like literally sketches, like like, you know, when you watch The Simpsons, and it's like, hey, that's what my friends were like, and I was always really amped up and anxiety and loud, a loud person, and the the as soon as I took those drugs, I became the person I wanted to be, just mellow and hey, and I didn't care what people thought, right, and and it's just been the best, the best. And it hasn't? You don't think it's like, uh, 
you know, suppress your creativity? No, not at all. Because I know Marin has said stuff like that, like, you know, you're you're taking the easy way out if you're if you if you take meds because yeah, you're not I'm feeling. Cheating. I'm definitely yeah. cheating. Tell Mark that I'm cheating. Yeah, I mean, I am. It's cheat. I'm focused. Yeah, I'm like that's one thing that I worry about is like. I am. I have a lot of stuff I want to say, and I, I want to like do. And I'm worried when that runs out. Right. I'm worried when like someday you're like, yeah, I don't care anymore because <laughs> that's all we have, really. I mean, you with this, you with this website, like, you have a burning need to get comedy to people, and you're passionate about it. Yeah. Like, like well, what if you lose? What if you lose that? Yeah, it's scary. Like you said, I mean, I don't. I'm not. I'm. I'm not that type of guy either who is content watching, like looking forward to the game or, you know, goes out drinking or watching the game. Like I, I just couldn't think of anything worse. You you mean just watch something that does not matter. (laughs) People running a ball on a field and you're, you're, you like some of the players because they live in the same city right. you live in <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but they're not really from that city they just <laughs> agreed to play for your city absolute garbage but you're there's... gonna wear a shirt <laughs> of a, another grown man <laughs> what if i put on a black t-shirt like you're wearing and glasses like just like your glasses i'm uh, like dylan <laughs> i'm a dylan fan yeah i'm a dylan man <laughs> but i guess people do that with music but i don't you know yeah, Mr. Billy Joel t-shirt. <laughs> I guess people do that with music, sure. Billy Joel is a lot cooler than Tom Brady. Yeah, Tom Brady's never um, drank furniture polish. <laughs> Billy Joel concert, best concert I ever saw. I saw it Tuesday night at the Bowl. So yeah. good. Do you, when you live in New York, tell me this, do you, um, do you feel like you're missing out in L.A. ever? Well, to be clear, I live in New Jersey. It's New York. Okay. Don't be like that. It's one of the great things about the city. It's one of the great things about this area is you can live in New Jersey, and you're very much part of the city. Okay. That's great to hear. I, I, just, I just didn't want to make it... I didn't want people to think that no, I'm... No. I'm, I'm, do you I'm have like saying, a yard and stuff? We do. Okay. So, that's awesome. Yeah. And you have a car? Yes. Oh, well, come on. You're living the dream. Yeah. It's, it's, it's okay. Oh, it's great. I mean, the city is... Way, it's a way better city than LA but I know when I was here I was like oh what's in LA what's in LA it must be yeah no I don't feel you like don't I'm, feel that way yeah I mean I've been out there a few times and every time I'm out there it's not like I'm like wow this is this is it all the comics come through here anyway yeah all the good comics what's oh you going? mean you mean missing stuff like that I just mean like I always I always have friends that are like what's LA like what what happened? Like, it's just entertainment friends. I mean, yeah. are, 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 are there writing jobs there? Oh, I say, I say. Do you go to Largo? <laughs> I feel like I feel like New York has a chip on its shoulder about L.A. and L.A. is so self-obsessed they wouldn't possibly ever think about any other city. But they're, you know, yeah, that's how I feel. Yeah, I mean, I think there's probably a handful of New York comics who think that L.A. comics don't work as hard or they're only there to get they're only doing stand-up to do TV and movies and, you know, and, like, the New York comics are here because the end game is stand-up comedy. Yeah. And I think, I think there's a lot of truth to that. Uh, 
you know, I don't think you're in New York doing stand-up because you're trying to get a TV show, but that doesn't necessarily mean every comic in LA is trying to get a TV show. Yeah. You know, but, you know, I don't think there's people performing at the Comedy Cellar, you know. Would you say that, like, the Comedy Cellar is, like, maybe the best it's ever been, like, in terms of what's going on down there, or has it always been like that? Am I just more in tune to it because I listen to O&A and... I think it's always been like that. It's always that. been like that. Because oh, yeah. I'm just so blown away by like Jim Norton and, and Louie and Bobby yeah. Kelly. And I mean, just like, they were, they were all there 10 years ago doing it. But they weren't as good. They were pretty good. Were they? Were I, they? I, I, uh, okay, I believe you. I mean, you Bobby, better than me. Bobby has definitely gotten much better. I agree. But they were all, I mean, Jim Norton has been phenomenal for years Love and years. Love Jim Norton. He's it, so funny on that radio show. Yeah. Oh he's, God, he just kills it. He's one of the best. Colin and Quinn. Quinn is great. Oh. I mean, on any... Given, when I was at SNL, Colin Quinn was by far the funniest person there. He's, yeah, he's hilarious. He's, he's great. But yeah, I mean, this, I mean, the seller has always, I mean, anytime I've been there anyway, you know, seeing, you know, Attell, Greg Giraldo, Tom Papa, Jim Norton, Nick DiPaolo, all in the same Nick bill. DiPaolo. I mean... Love Nick DiPaolo. I mean, it's just... <laughs> yeah. Nick's great. He's a, a breath of fresh air. Um, he should be a lot bigger. Yeah. Yeah. Um... I don't know. Yeah, you know, I know. They all should. They all should be a lot, except for Louis. Yeah, Louis. <laughs> I don't know that Louis can get any bigger. He can. I don't know if he will because I feel like what he does, he's very. He just wants to do what he's doing. Yeah. And he's not interested in hosting the Grammys. <laughs> but I'm sure he could if he wanted. You know what I mean? Which is cool. Which is the cool factor about him. I would love to see him host the Grammys. Oh my God. I don't fucking, who, who is this? Well, I, I don't Letter- fucking know this band. <laughs> when I saw, when Letterman hosted the Oscars, I thought that was the best Oscars ever. Yeah, you did because you're a comedian and you're smart. Everybody hated him. I didn't understand it. <laughs> Uma, Oprah, Oprah, Uma. Like, why is that a bad joke? That's great. That's a great joke. Maybe it's because I feel like only he could make that funny. Yeah. But that was hilarious. What do you think about Letterman going away? Isn't it sad? I mean, sure. It's sad. But it's not like he's being forced out. It's not like... But when you see him now, you're like, oh, he's old. I mean... It sucks. People age. I know. I mean, I'm happy. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm always like... He's done a great job. He's leaving on his own. And he's going to enjoy his life. And like, sure, I'm not, we're not going to be able to watch him on TV. But like, holy shit, a huge bolt of lightning. Yeah, there's been a lot of lightning Just came lightning. across the sky. That's, um, that's the greenhouse gas. That's, that's like weather systems coming to kill us eventually. Good. <laughs> I love that letterman with comedians and cars. Because you kind of got to see who he was. It just scratched the surface. But you're like, oh my god, this! I is, missed it. This I have, is, to, I have watch to watch it. it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So Colbert will be there, and um, that'll be good. He'll be great because he doesn't fail at anything. No, he really doesn't. Holy shit! 
thunder. Looks I'll be, I'm going to be driving home pouring rain. This is a real conversation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're not afraid of the silences. You are the, uh, the Mark Maron of, of, I can't say podcasting because he's the Mark Maron of podcasting. Yeah, he, d- he definitely is. Yeah, he's um, great. I just listened to the Apatow one with him again. Yeah. So good. He knows what he's doing. It just his work ethic is bonkers to Mark me. Mark or Judd Apatow? Mark's. I mean, Judd's as well. Yeah. But I mean, to crank out two episodes a week for so long and... Does like, he do two a week still? I'm pretty sure he does. So what else do we need to know about Jason Nash? Just that I grew up in Boston. I um, was a fat kid. Uh, How long were you fat? All my life. Until? Until I was like 18. Until I was 18, 19. And then I worked really hard to try to get it off me because it just, it made... It was awful. It was like, you know, girls would like me. Um, How fat were you? I was really overweight. Like, I weighed as much as I weigh now when I was like 14. I'm trying to think of body types that I could... I'm trying to... Not Ralphie May, but, you know, fat. Fat kid. Like a Bobby Kelly? Yeah. Like that big? Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. And what what finally compelled you to to get it off and how did you do it two part question Jason I wanted to get laid okay and what was did I answer the two parts of one well that's what com- that's what compelled you mm-hmm. um, you wanted to get laid and how did I get it and off? then how did you get it off so you're 18 19 around yeah I le- just learned how to eat I used to eat like a box of rice peel off like every night <laughs> <laughs> that sounds delicious. Oh, rice pilaf's great. I would love to eat a box of rice pilaf right now. <laughs> yeah, ice cream. And then you're like, this isn't normal? Like, no, your stomach's like this big. Right. Did your parents... See, growing up, uh, my parents always fed, fed us healthy food, but the portions... I came to learn once I started going over friends' houses yeah. were obscene. My parents didn't have anything growing up, and so they would compensate by making, giving so much food to be able to say, like, well, we can't afford cable, right? but we can give you as much food as you want, and here you go, and here's more, and right. I'm sorry your dad's not working, so here's another scoop of rice pilaf, and, right. you know, and it's just, it's not a good way to be. Yeah. So it's fine. I mean, I just, I just like try to, I try to be healthy when I can. Feel so that's it. You did, you didn't go like crazy with the exercise. You just, how I long did, did it, how I long did, did it take you to get it off? I was kind of overweight my whole life. Like, you know, 15, 20 pounds overweight. And then I was, then I decided uh, that I just wanted to be, I was like, this is my whole life is passing. And what, what would it be like to be in shape? And what would it be like to feel because there's like, a th- there's like, when you are in shape, you feel so, so good. Yeah. And I became friends with people who were getting in shape. And you're just like, even when stuff was so bad for me and I wasn't working and I felt like crap and I would go to my wife's parties and sit in the corner and no one would talk to me. And, you know, you go to L.A. and everybody's talking about all the things they're doing and everything's happening for them. And you're just like, what the fuck? How did I... How did I end up that guy? Right. Because I had such great plans for myself. And I had such 
delusional idea of I thought it would be so easy like oh yeah I'll just go and I'm funny and and then you just get kicked down and you're like you realize like oh god like I'm not and so then that would be the one thing that you would feel good about that you were in shape you had power in that area like yeah. at least because you it's kind of hard to not be it's kind of hard to be depressed when you have that endorphins those endorphins you know like if you go run like five miles you're like damn I feel good yeah and then you know you look at your bank account and you're like oh <laughs> better go work out again right you know so it's like a drug yeah you know did you do you still I don't lift weights though because I, th- I know that guys who are like ripped up they're not funny yeah you know so I, I that's where I draw the line I'm like I'm not gonna get buff right <laughs> you know nobody wants to see like the guy on stage with the vein down the middle of his bicep <laughs> you know doing that comedy special called like maximum <laughs> maximum you know you, uh, what, what's I was trying to think of those names the other day like kind of those aggro comedy names like for their albums yeah T- lash you know spool it to the head <laughs> you know or uh uh machine gun machine gun killer you know <laughs> I love those titles do you find do you find comfort in food or did you find comfort in food yeah like too much so it's all revolved around food yeah and, and yeah like you know when you're depressed you like eat ice cream and of course because my mother would give us ice cream when things were awful right so that's what you would go to and my Jewish mother so it's like shtup 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 um and my father was uh, Catholic and real tough and my mother was real sweet and coddling yeah yeah so it was like a real bipolar like back and <laughs> forth like you'd come home and like I'll never forget my, it was a Saturday my father fed us lunch and like 15 minutes later I went into the refrigerator and I chopped up celery and I put peanut butter on it. And I was making peanut butter and celery. Right. I was a fat kid. I wanted to eat again. And he came in and he was like, what are you doing? And I was like, and I, I remember I told him, I said, uh, oh, I'm, uh, I'm making it for later. <laughs> and he knew I was lying. He's like, you're making it for later? Really? You're seven. <laughs> Nobody seven makes it for later. And, uh, and that was just my general, oh my God, just, tr- just trying to hide from him and trying to like appease him. And, uh, you know, he was the kid and yeah. you would, you would, you would have to like, you would have to, I would have to think out the entire conversation with him. Like if I knew I was going to see him, it was almost like a set. It was almost like, okay, hit the Celtics, hit the Red Sox. This, this will lead, you know, then um, ask him questions that will lead him into pontificating for a good 35 minutes, you know, for a good 15 minutes. That'll kill an hour. Wow. You know, yeah. And so you would like, because otherwise, if you let the silences go, and that's why I'm so fucked up, like, is because, like, you know, I was afraid of silences and afraid of, because when those silences came, that's when, like, bad stuff would come. You know? Like the things you didn't want to talk about that you were overweight or the fact that the family had no money and you were you were um, a liability 
you're a fucking kid yeah that they they have no money to feed <laughs> and so you're like fuck like how can i other than getting a job right which i didn't know how to do um did you have siblings yeah i had a sister and she had it way worse than me she was gay and she didn't come out of the closet till like way way late and um she had a horrible high school experience where people were so mean to her because she was gay and I mean, she wasn't out of the closet, but she looked, you know, looked masculine. Yeah, know, yeah. Because she was. That's who she was. My sister and I exactly look exactly alike. Yeah. She's a girl. Right. Um, so that was hard, just watching her. and. Um, she's older or younger? She's older, yeah. And, you know, my mother had to work a lot because my father, like, just dropped out. Like, couldn't just... My father's really smart, but he he just didn't want to work for anybody and he wouldn't like take a job. He had a great business at one point. He was really successful. And then his, his business partner was murdered by the mob. And oh my God. it was just like the next movie I'm writing is sort of like about that. And, and so, you know, he just, he crumbled after that. Like he just couldn't, was not the same. Yeah. And I picked that up, you know, like I have these conversations with my dad where I'm talking about doing stuff. I'm like, I'm going to do this. It's so many years. Like, I'm going to do that. I'm going to write a movie. And, and I had this moment once with him where he was visiting me. I call California and I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to do this dad. And he said, yeah, I'm going to do this. And I was like, Oh, we're the same. Like I am, <laughs> I'm somebody that just talks about doing things right. like everybody in Boston or, you know, not everybody, in Boston, <laughs> but everybody I knew. You had know, big plans. Everybody had big plans and nobody ever went anywhere and people would just come over and shoot the shit and get, you know, get drunk and and I saw all that and I was like, I gotta get out of here. I gotta go. I gotta, I mean, I knew I wanted to go to California when I was like five. That's it. Wow. Yeah. You knew that early. Oh yeah. Gone. Sunshine, out of the cold, leave all these people not that my family wasn't great. Like my family's really, really great and very loving. And even for my father is loving, you know, my father's the best. If he wasn't a father, if you sat here with him right now, you'd be like, this guy's great. <laughs> you'd be like, let's hang out with Bob all the time. He, he'll take you to the bar. He doesn't get drunk. He knows the perfect amount to drink. Right. He knows the perfect amount to eat. You know, when you read those things in Esquire, where a kind of an older guy tells you how to live your life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He knows exactly all those things. But he failed to mention them to me. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So now I watch him and I'm amazed. Like, guy's 70, looks great, handsome, you know, mobility, works out, a lot of, lot of virility yeah. for a guy. He's 6'3", and uh, he's just not a good dad. Yeah. You know? And that's the, that's the catch. And you would see people and you'd be like, your father's the best. <laughs> your father is the absolute <laughs> best guy. I'd be like, yeah, yeah I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Tell him to call me. <laughs> you know, because they got divorced. Oh, okay. Um, and so, yeah, that was generally my childhood. And then I had all these friends who were just knuckleheads. They were just... They just weren't productive. And I remember I got a job out of school, like cold calling people. 
someone someone was like, okay, we have a job for you for the summer. You're going to be working at what's like a big a, a big firm, uh, like a like a you know what's a big Ernst and Young, Ernst and Young, and they were like, you can go work for Ernst and Young, and I was like, oh great, a job, awesome, ten dollars an hour, wear a tie, show up Monday, and I got there, and it hit me. They were like, okay, sit at those phones and call people in your tie. And there was all guys like me. They were all exact same age. They were all white. And I sat down with the phone and I was like, oh shit, what did I, what did I get myself into? I was so naive. I was like, oh God, this is, <laughs> this is hell. This is the epitome of hell. This is what I didn't want. This is yeah. exactly. And I never went back. I didn't go back the next day. That was it. That was it. I was like, they called. They're like, where is he? I think my mother was like, he's not coming. <laughs> I was like 22. I mean, that's the funny thing that I love. I would, I would love to do something about guys who are like 20 to 24 when you're an adult and you are so stupid, <laughs> so dumb. And society is like, oh, you're an adult. Right. No, not for guys. Maybe girls have it more together. But I felt like I did the dumbest stuff and I was out in the working world. <laughs> I, I was working at WBZ Channel 4. I was working at a news station in Boston answering phones. And one time someone called, they go, they go, hey, is Joe there? I go, no. And they go, okay, well, just tell him that his brother died. No, his brother-in-law died. Just tell him that. And <laughs> I, I wanted to do a really good job. I was like, okay, yeah, got it. I got out a notepad. It was, I remember it was a yellow notepad that had all the the vitals that you needed there to yeah, right. from yep. time day yep. message to Joe from Jason message your brother-in-law died and I just put it in his box and I was like so proud I was like got that to Joe <laughs> yep I tell you I'm doing a good job they're lucky they have me I mean I'm a guy on the rise here at WBZ <laughs> never forget he came to the thing can I get my messages he was a cameraman big cameraman okay he takes the first message takes the second message and he's walking away he's walking away from the desk he gets the third message my message and he turns around and he goes you motherfucker where I fucking kill that cat and they held him back Oh my God. He came at me. And right then I was, it all hit me how bad it, what a terrible thing I had done. But I was so dumb. I didn't know. In your, I'm not, in, in your defense, that person probably should have called back. Leaving what? a message like that with the, I don't know why she did that. That's, I mean, yes, you did not handle it the way you probably should have. But at the same time, you, I'm pretty sure that's not how you deliver that sort of news. I know. Oh, just tell him his yeah. Someone in his family's of, dead. <laughs> she's kind of at fault. I mean, yeah, I think so. Um. So yeah, I just wanted to. That was always my goal to make something, and you know, I wanted to be a stand-up, and I wasn't good at it, and it also like. I got kids and it didn't fit my lifestyle and I love the feeling of going up and telling jokes and doing well and not that I'm good at it at all but why do you, you you've said that like 12 times now you're not good at 
stand up. I don't because I I respect the art so yeah. much that I would never ever put myself in the same breath as the people that do it. I know how hard it is. It's way harder than making a movie. And um, but at the same time, like it's it feels like a cop out too because I'm like, oh, I I know how hard those guys work and. But I just don't want to be at Bananas on a Saturday. Just don't want to, you know. And I know, I know for a lot of guys, even the very, very, very best ones, they're at Bananas. Yeah. I you know, there's you. that feeling when you go into the improv at 11:30 at night, and it's a Saturday night. Everybody's drunk. It's a frat crowd, and you have to go up, and you're like. I have nothing in common with these people. I don't drink. I don't overeat. <laughs> I have no business going up. I have no idea how to entertain them. Yeah. No idea. And, you know, and it's also like, you, gotta, you just got to do it every night. And I'm not. I don't do it. I, 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 chose the, I chose the other thing that was more important to me. All right. I right. mean, that's... I know, but... You nothing know, wrong with that. Do you know what it is? It's, it feels like a cop-out. It does. I, it, I I carry that around. Not doing stand-up yeah. is a cop-out. I, I carry it around. I did I, it last night, and I don't know when I'm doing it again, you know? <laughs> it's that kind of thing. I say that on stage. I'm like, oh, stand-up's the worst. Where did you do it? In Brooklyn, Wyatt Senek's show. Oh, okay. And there were so many good people. Wyatt was brilliant. And this guy, Sam Morrill, was brilliant. Yeah. And Aparna was brilliant. and And I did good, but... I guess I see people like Louie and I'm like, well, he's doing both. I don't know how. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's hard not to compare yourself to, to other people, but... Yeah. I think that's something you shouldn't do. I know. I mean, I do it. Everyone does it. Yeah, you're right. You shouldn't do that. You shouldn't do that. I've never been to Bananas, by the way. Maybe it's great. Are you talking about the bananas in New Jersey? I don't even know where it is. Isn't it New Jersey? Yeah. Yeah. It sounds... It sounds awful. It sounds awful. Bananas. But they get amazing people. They get a lot of... I know they do. Average nobody I would go see, but... That, that was my point. Yeah. My point is that Greg Fitzsimmons, who's great, is at Bananas. Yeah. Bobby Kelly, Tom yeah. Papa. No, no, I know. All and maybe guys. it's a great club and maybe it's a joyous time. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's connected to a hotel. It is. It's not... Yeah, I don't mean to shit on bananas. No, they, I mean... I got to get past the name. But every, every time I've been there, the crowds... Yeah. ...have been huge. Yeah. And... Good? Very enthusiastic. Yeah? Okay, good. Okay. But it, and it's... You're right, though. Like, on paper, <laughs> no, I do not want to play bananas. Maybe it's, maybe it's just the name. It's just the name that I'm... The name is terrible. <laughs> it's, it's literally part of the Holiday Inn. Um... Don't you, know. you love people who are passionate about comedy? Like, you see someone at a show and they're they're waiting for Jim Norton. Yeah, and it's always like a it's always like a guy. I love like a guy and his girlfriend, dumpy guy, dumpy girl. <laughs> oh, Jim! I mean, it breaks my heart. Jim was so good. We we're gonna go see you in Connecticut. We're dry, we're gonna we drove four out. Like that to me is ah uh, so awesome. That's like my favorite thing in the world. I, mean, yeah. I wish I wish I could experience that. You know. Yeah. We bought, we bought, you know, I bought three CDs. 
one for my mom because I told her about you. She loves it. That's the kind of thing because I know how hard those guys work. Yeah, but you're right. It's a totally. It's a different. It's a different game. Uh, being on the road all the time. Ugh. And all my friends that are on the road, they're like. I have this friend, Christina, Christina Pazitsky. Sure. She's very funny. She's great. I've interviewed her. Yeah. She's great. Yeah. And her, and Tom. Yeah. Segura. Two of my faves. You know, they're, they're tired. They're, they're ti- tired. They're tired of the road. Yeah. You know, but still there's that part of me that's like, ah, oh, could I do that? You know, would I be able to do that? Unless you, unless you have to, if you're not compelled to do it. Don't do I it. I am because, you know, money doesn't drive me. What drives me is like that rush, that feeling of like you did something that impacted people and, you know. Well, hopefully this movie will impact a lot of people. Hopefully. I think it's good. I think it's, I, I had a lot of fun watching it. Thank you. Um, and I think a lot of people will, will dig it. Okay. I mean that, Jason. Well, thank you. I, you know, I don't like compliments. Okay. No, it's not that I don't like compliments. I have trouble hearing them. Um, but thank you, and I'm proud of it. And um, for what it is, it's I like it a lot. I spent ten thousand dollars. You spent it. That was it? That's all it cost. So. Yeah, you got a lot for your money. Yeah. Well, this has been nice. This has been a good conversation. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Sure. Thanks for letting me into your friend's apartment. I think I might take a nap out here. You're more than welcome to, except it is going to (laughs) rain any minute. (laughs) I'm surprised it hasn't started raining on us. Should we wake Dylan up? It's pouring. (laughs) He looks so peaceful. (laughs) Do you find that you can laugh on Zoloff? Um, yeah, I never, it's funny. I never thought of that because I don't, I can really appreciate a comedian and not laugh like the entire time, but really enjoy myself. It takes a lot to make me belly laugh. Yeah. A lot. Belly laugh. The one thing that will always 100% of the time make me belly laugh is the onion. If I go to the onion, I could read a few headlines and I'll fucking lose it. It's the best. It really is the best comedy. The, the funniest comedy out there is the onion. It's without question. It's the one thing that will always make me laugh out loud. I don't, I laugh the hardest with my sister and my mother because you know, it's, it all comes from like just years and years of, pain and yeah you know that that's that's the funniest stuff or i love watching i have a friend she has a real cantankerous relationship with her mother and they've been through so much but when they get together they they laugh so hard and i just love watching them yeah oh the best yeah it's nice when you can really let let out some do you have that relationship with your family not my father's kind of humorless but not really I mean my mom is yeah I mean they have decent senses of humor but I don't find myself laughing hysterically with them yeah alright let's close up shop alright 
Thanks, June 24th. Jason. June 24th. Yes, if, I, if you don't mind me saying that. No. Yeah. Thank Word. you so much. Thanks, Jason. Thanks. Thanks, Dylan. And there you have it, guys. Thanks so much for listening. I really, really do appreciate it. And please go, go check out Jason Nash is Married on ComedyCentral.com June 24th. Also, you know, make sure you keep your eyes peeled for Jason Nash is Married in other formats. It's going to be available. It'll be on, it'll be on your TV. You'll be able to buy it. So keep your eyes peeled on that. It's a great, I think it's a very cool, very great project that Jason did. I feel strongly about supporting it. So uh, please do that. And please support allthingscomedy.com, which is the podcast network that was started by Bill Burr and Al Magical that we are a part of. Thank you for subscribing to the Laugh Spin Podcast. If you haven't, please do that. It would mean uh, an awful lot to me. And that's it. If you want to get in touch, I'm at Dylan at LaughSpin.com. You could do that. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at LaughSpin.com. And that's it. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And uh, we will see you next week. See ya. See ya.